So, Dale, I don't know how much you know about therapy, but it usually starts by you telling me a little something about yourself. I thought there'd be couches and Kleenex and shit. Look at me, son. It's not your fault. Do you want to talk about some of those feelings? I love you. Obviously, you don't know me. So how's this supposed to work? You sit, I sit, we talk. Hi, I'm Dr. Sam. And I'm Dr. Fran. Welcome to Freudian Scripts. The podcast where we put your favorite TV shows and movies on the hypothetical couch and take a deeper dive into the way psychology is portrayed. We analyze the way therapy looks in entertainment, discuss the way psychological diagnoses are portrayed, and break down other psychological themes seen on our screen. As a reminder, Freudian Scripts is for informational and entertainment purposes only. Please consult your mental health professional with any questions and seek care if needed. The content and clips in today's episode will contain explicit language and mature and adult themes. Hello, Freudian scripters, and welcome back. Dr. Fran and I apologize for our absence. We took a bit of a summer break, and now we're back, ready to go, and here with a new mini-session. We are really excited to be back. We've been excited to be launching some of these new mini-sessions, and we're excited to be back with one more. So for those who have been following along, we'll be bringing it back with another Real Rounds mini-session. So for those who aren't familiar with the Real Rounds format, uh, these are essentially a play off of Medical Rounds, which are a series of professional meetings with hospital patients made by doctors or nurses or members of a healthcare team. So for these mini-sessions, we will round on a specific topic, discussing clips and sharing information. Exactly. And we have gotten a lot of positive feedback about these mini sessions, including the real rounds. And we think we have a really special one here for you today that you all will also enjoy. Um, And also as a brief reminder, these mini sessions or mini sessions may not have as many or all of the details or be as great of a deep dive as we typically would do on the shows and movies. Um, But this is really just to help us cover relevant and popular topics and bring you quick and fun information. And as always, we will provide additional resources on our site and we'll likely be able to circle back or cover some of these or similar topics on future sessions as well. Yeah, and I think these are really nice because someone may not feel as pressured to have watched the full show or to watch the full movie to be able to still engage and get something out of these episodes. Usually we're trying in these not to give away like huge spoilers about a movie or a TV (laughs) show. So kind of like a fun, easy way to get some content um, without having to do a deep dive into a movie or a TV show like normal. Very true. And we play the specific clips that we'll be talking about. So really, you can kind of tune in. You'll listen to the clip in real time with us and be able to just enjoy it and hear the breakdown in real time as opposed to having prepare um, as you might previously for some of the other sessions. So to kick it off, for today's Real Rounds, we're going to be rounding on a popular therapy-related trope that we often see in movies and TV shows. Someone pretending to be a therapist. Yeah, so far we've done, I think, only therapists that are actually supposed to be like licensed providers or like psychiatrists (laughs) that have a degree and who have the credentials to be providing the services. But today we're going to focus on those scenes you see in TV shows where a friend or someone else that's involved is impersonating a therapist or a psychologist in a setting for one reason or another. I feel like we often see this in comedies. Like people must just think it's really funny for someone to pretend to be a therapist and get people to reveal deep, dark secrets. So let's really talk about, you know, what that entails. And we're going to be doing it with our first clip, which I will let Dr. Fran introduce. 
I'm really excited about this first clip. It is from How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Great movie. Um, I feel like all of our listeners hopefully have seen this movie because it's so great. <laughs> um, but if you haven't, it's a 2003 rom-com starring Kate Hudson and Matthew McConaughey. The basic premise of the movie that you would need to understand the context of the clip is that Kate Hudson's character, Andy Anderson, is writing a magazine article about how to get a guy to dump her. Meanwhile, Matthew McConaughey's character, Benjamin Barry, we really like alliteration in this cast, (laughs) um, he's trying to get a girl to fall in love with him, and they unknowingly are both entering into this relationship with ulterior motives. Um, So this becomes quite challenging, especially for Andy, who's trying to get this guy to dump her, who's actually trying to get her to fall in love with him. So Andy tries, um, as her next way to try to get Ben to dump her, to suggest couples therapy to further push him away and gets her friend to help act as the therapist. So this is where our impersonation comes in. So let's take a listen to how this plays out. I imagine this will end very well. (laughs) Andy Anderson, Benjamin Barry, please come in. Hi, welcome. Uh, Before we get started, how are you planning on paying for the session? Sweetie? How much is it? Three hundred dollars. Three hundred? Mm-hmm. Whatever it takes, yeah. So, tell me, how long have you guys been seeing each other? Seven days. Seven days. Interesting. Is it too soon to be seeing a therapist? Well, Ben, seven days isn't like a lifetime or anything. It's like a week. It... Did you hear that tone? How can we not have a gulf between us with a tone like that? Uh, how are things between you sexually? Oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> we haven't had sex. Oh, no, Ben has a little bit of a problem. Oh. I don't have a problem. Yes, you do. No, I do not yeah. have a problem. It's a big problem. I do not have a you problem. You have a problem. Look, 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 wait a minute. The, the one night that we even thought about getting close to having sex. All right, she up and decides she's going to nickname my... Penis? Yeah. Princess Sophia. Huh? You want to talk about shooting a man's horse? What? I thought it was a beautiful name. Mm, I Hmm. see, Benjamin. And when was it that you first realized that you were attracted to other men? Oh, what? That's serious. Hmm. Benjamin, this is a safe space. Look, it's just simple. I like women, okay? It just happened that way. He thinks thou doth protesteth too much. You see, stop it. This is shit I'm talking about. What the hell is that? What did I do? Whoa, I mean, this is what she does. Stop that. You know, I'm hearing a lot of latent anger here, Benjamin. (gasps) Rageaholic. I'm not a rageaholic. I called that one. You know what? Take a deep breath for me, Ben. Okay, let it go. Just let it go. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah. I feel better. Okay. Come here. I've seen this before. I've seen it many times. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, would you two like to be left alone? No. Maybe you should get a room. You are hitting on our shrink. No, no, I'm not. Yes, you are, and you are a pathological flirt. Jesus, five seconds ago I'm gay. Now I'm a pathological flirt? I sweat when I get nervous. Which one is it, Andy? Hell, besides, why would I need to hit on another woman? You've got more than enough personalities to keep me completely occupied. That was hurtful. Okay. Ben, are you ashamed of Andy? Of course he is. Of course he is. You are. How do you think he 
am not ashamed of you. All right. Well, let's jump into unpacking that one (laughs) or diving into that therapeutic process. So, Dr. Fran, overall, how do you think Andy Anderson's friend did as a pretend therapist? (laughs) So she has this nice calming voice, calming presence. You can't see this from the clip, but she's wearing this, like, very comfortable kind of like maybe meditation vibe outfit with like these big wide rimmed glasses. Like of course therapists always have to wear glasses. So I feel like her aura or like her vibe is kind of like calming. Right. So I like from that perspective, I'm like, okay, this could work. And I guess she doesn't do anything totally egregious other than being fake, pretending to be a therapist (laughs) and not having a license to provide those services. Um, (laughs) But in terms of the actual content, I guess it's it wasn't horrible. <laughs> what do you think, Dr. Sam? I do agree. I feel like whenever there's a therapist, um, either they're portraying a licensed therapist or a pretend therapist in this one, they always have to be like dressed either like either like super academic, like elbow patches or super relaxed, like white and flowy clothes. And of course you have to have glasses because that means you're an intelligent doctor who can solve all their problems. Um, So she definitely fits those characteristics. I do feel like there's definitely a dynamic though between her and Andy at certain points where it's like her and Andy versus Ben. And that's like a no, no in therapy, right? Um, Especially like in couples therapy. And then I feel like she gets right to, like, you know, doesn't even establish rapport, try to get to know them. She's like, what's going on in your sex life? Which kind of starts things off on a bumpy road. So I don't think, you know, like a legitimate therapist would start therapy that way. Hopefully not. (laughs) Yeah, there's, like, no context provided about, like, what the sessions are going to be like, what they're there for, like, establishing goals or hearing from them, getting to know them at all. It's just like, let's dive right into these really sensitive topics, which makes sense that then they get very activated and Ben's getting very angry and frustrated and definitely feels cornered, I think, a few times because, of course, what we know from the behind the scenes is that Andy and the therapist are in cahoots to try to (laughs) upset and frustrate and trick Ben. Exactly. I feel like they're, like you mentioned, it makes sense everyone's getting activated because they're diving into these really t- like tough, sensitive subjects without any like context or buildup or even how to best process and handle those emotions. And there's a lot of accusations flying around too, like latent anger, multiple personalities, pathological flirt, like, you know, just a very heated session, which, you know, I feel like in couples therapy that could happen. It could be a very emotional first session, but you would potentially with a real legitimate therapist see the groundwork. Like, okay, let me get to know you know you as a couple why are you all here what's been going on um this kind of just dives in obviously that's also more entertaining but i think this is a common thing we see with these fake therapists is like they just kind of cut to like whatever their motive is or whatever the motive is that they're serving as the pretend therapist they really try to get to the point (laughs) yeah absolutely because they're not real therapists whose real goal is to try to solve the relationship concerns or you know address those but in this case, to try to rile Ben up, which she successfully does. Exactly. They're not really trying to help, right? It's like, in this case, actually, the therapist is trying to not help. She's trying to help sabotage the relationship for Andy's magazine article. So really, the antithesis or the opposite of what a real therapist would be doing or having as a goal. Um, Also, just like $300 up front, like, you know, she also charges him money for her fake services, and he pays up front, out of pocket, in cash. So that's also very unethical and illegal, I imagine. (laughs) For sure illegal, yeah. <laughs> we'll get we'll get to that, but that is for we sure illegal. Yeah, we don't know what state they live in. Oh, no, New York. I'm, I'm pretty sure the movie's based in, oh, yeah, Staten Island. They're based in New York. I don't know all the laws in New York, but overall, that is illegal. 
yeah, impersonating a mental health professional and charging money under like the guise of being something that you're not, I'm pretty sure in most states that will be illegal. Exactly. And in some cases, the these people that pretend to provide services will also charge insurance companies for these services. And then that's also illegal and you get into insurance fraud as well. Yikes. Don't do it, folks. Don't do it. If that's one thing you take away from today. <laughs> Well, let's see with our second clip. Maybe our second clip shows us that there's some benefits of impersonating therapy, or maybe it's more of the same. But let's find out, Dr. Sam. What do we have up next? Spoiler alert. The same, kind of. (laughs) (laughs) Just different, like, hijink-type scenario. So for this clip, it is from Central Intelligence, which is the 2016 action comedy film starring Kevin Hart and Dwayne Johnson. And they actually are a very great comedic duo. I feel like very funny Mm -hmm. together. Um, And for this movie in Central Intelligence, they're playing two old high school classmates who are on the run after one of them, Dwayne Johnson's character, joins the CIA And he is trying to catch an international terrorist called the Black Badger. And in doing so, he enlists the help of Kevin Hart's character um, and kind of ropes him into solving this case and trying to save the world together. Kevin Hart's character is very reluctant, does not want to be a part of this. Um, So Dwayne Johnson's character is often trying to like trick him or capture him and get him to help out. So the clip we're going to listen to, Dwayne Johnson's character, Bob Stone, is pretending to be a therapist for Kevin Hart's character, Calvin. So Calvin has become involved in the CIA, and they have told him that Bob Stone is actually the terrorist. So he's kind of on the run. He doesn't know whether or not he can trust Bob Stone. And so Bob Stone is trying to get into contact with Calvin without the CIA knowing. And so he's pretending to be a couples therapist for Calvin and his wife. So let's listen here as he's trying to reconnect with Calvin. I'm sorry, I'm late. I couldn't find parking. No, no, it's okay. We got started without you, babe. Calvin, this is Dr. Dan. Hello, Calvin. Hey. Oh, shit. Holy shit. Get behind me. Get behind me. What? It's okay, Maggie. It's okay. Just relax. This is a very common reaction in the therapeutic process. It is? What? It is. It absolutely is. is. Calvin, this is a very safe place. Please sit down. This is not a safe place. No, 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 honey. No, no, this is most definitely not a safe place. Me and my wife are leaving. Let's go. No, no, no. You are going to sit down and we are going to go through this therapeutic process together as a couple. I'm fine. 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 Sit down. Fine. Thank you. Fine. Okay, guys. Well, why don't we start off with a little bit of word association? Okay. This is exciting. I've heard this can really open a couple up. Uh... Maggie, I'm going to offer you a word, and you respond however you're moved to from here. Okay. Black. White. Water. Ocean. Sunshine. Happy. I'm very impressed, Maggie. Really? You're very in tune. I'm very in tune. Calvin, you're next. I do not want to do this. Relax, Calvin. There are no wrong answers. Up. Down. Mm. What is that? What are you writing in your book? It's fine. Don't freak out. Nobody's freaking out. I just don't understand the rules of the game. Freaking out. Let's switch gears for a second, okay? Maggie, during lovemaking, have you ever placed anything inside of Calvin's anus? What the hell did you just say? Well, yeah, there was this one mm-hmm. time. You remember Game of Thrones what are finale? You talking? I was Khaleesi. You were Littlefinger. Okay, all right, stop. Please, please, please. Why don't we try a simple role-playing exercise? Calvin, you be Calvin, and I will become Maggie. I'm your wife. 
You are not my wife. Okay. Hey. <gasps> how could you hit your wife? How can I? How can I what? You hit your wife. No, I... he hit me. Okay. He hit you. Okay. You hit us. Well, that was a mess. Yes. <laughs> this one's also a little bit higher stakes because this is a married couple. I think they're the, and what we didn't talk about is they're high school sweethearts. So they've been together for since high school. They've been together for a really long time. And the wife, as you can hear in the clip, she's super excited. She's very invested, wanting therapy to go well, really into it. And Calvin, you know, Kevin Hart's character is afraid because he just saw, you know, Dwayne The Rock Johnson's character in there and he's frightened by him. So he's really trying not to play along with it, but it's hurting his wife's feelings. Yeah, I think that's the heartbreaking part of this scene. Like, you you know, the scene with uh, Matthew McConaughey, like, a similar thing is happening of that they're just yeah. trying to, like, buy into anything and, like, do what they can because they think it's a real couples therapy session, even though it might be weird techniques or weird questions. Mm-hmm. But then they start to get frustrated when their partner, who knows it's not real, is then not taking it seriously. Exactly. Um, And so we definitely see that here. We did see with Bob Stone's character, again, he had glasses on, which, you know, Dwayne Johnson's character does not have glasses in the rest of the film. He's wearing, like, a, uh, a tie and, like, a little, like, neutral color vest trying to seem more, like, I feel like just, like, neutral, more academic in a way. Uh, he tries to use some potential techniques that people use in therapy you know he mentions like word association and role play (laughs) he does not use them accurately (laughs) yeah and again we see that like right off the bat jumping to things like before even getting any context let's do a word association um again probably you would want to build some relationship some rapport some explanation of what you're doing there what's going to be helpful rather than just jumping into something like that and we see again jumping immediately to like a sexual related question or topic Um, That just seems to kind of go along with this trope in the movies. Yes, right away getting into sex and also asking questions that make the partners like uncomfortable or questioning their sexual identity, you know, just kind of like for comedic value, but obviously not appropriate. Um, And one of the things that really struck me with this scene too, it was a very physical scene. So Bob Stone's character keeps slapping Calvin in the face. He then like swaddles him and then he kisses him. So just a lot of physical contact, which you would not see in therapy and definitely not in the first session and really not I've never swaddled um, a patient and this unfortunately has come up before though do you remember in our movie um, To the Bone the mom also like tries to swaddle her and hold Mm -hmm. her in that way so you know these things do come up often in movies and they're just uh, not really what is recommended (laughs) yeah for an impersonating or real therapist exactly yeah and I would hope that's like the other concerning thing is again it's a movie but it's a little Like, I would hope that the partner in this situation, like in this situation, the wife would eventually kind of catch on and be like, this does not seem to be ethical or helpful. Like, there's this kind of issue of like putting, obviously, you want to put trust in your medical providers and at the same time still be a consumer where you're paying attention to like, this makes me uncomfortable. This doesn't feel appropriate. This feels like it's pushing our boundaries that kind of like there's a lot of red flags in this scene. Very true. But I think that unfortunately can be something that's hard for people. If you've never gone to therapy before, you don't know what to expect. Maybe all you've ever seen is movies. And so then you're like hearing like, oh yeah, word association. Like I've heard that before. Or, you know, role playing. I've seen that before in movies. Like people do that. And so, you know, if you're really just trying to buy into the process, I could see how it might be difficult. Obviously, this is a little over the top, but it can sometimes be hard to discern like that information. And for her, maybe she actually likes the therapist and then she's starting to blame the husband well it's the husband's fault it's not going well maybe she doesn't realize it's the pretend therapist's fault so you know we'll talk a little bit more about 
the parts that make this tricky, but I agree. They're definitely red flags. And when you're meeting with a mental health provider for the first time, like, you know, it's important that you do gauge that relationship, that rapport, and that you kind of do some, you know, as best you can due diligence to make sure that you're getting a mental health provider that can best suit your needs. Absolutely. And that's part of a little bit of the theme of today's episode of like not only thinking about the implications of impersonating a therapist, but how do you know that if you meet with a mental health professional that you're actually getting the services that you think you're getting? Exactly. And I think we can even start at, you know, we're talking about impersonating a therapist. What is a therapist? Like what is needed to be a therapist? Like what should people be looking for? Yeah. And I think that's a really good question because we hear so many different terms thrown around like therapist, counselor, coach, psychologist, psychiatrist. There are so many of these terms and we can't get into all of them today. But when we think about someone who is credentialed or license to be providing services. They will always have some kind of higher education degree, whether it's a master's or a doctorate, an MD. Then within that subcategory, there might be psychologists. There's different degrees that might lead to being a psychologist, whether it's a PsyD or a PhD. We could get into all the nitty gritty details, but we also have licensed clinical social workers, marriage and family therapists. There are different levels um, of training based on different disciplines. So there are a host of different disciplines that people could have degrees and then get credentials and licensing to be able to provide therapy. Yes, I think the main components that you really want to like kind of hone in on is that they're going to be you know, someone who is a therapist, considered a therapist, would have either, you know, a master's degree or a doctorate degree, whether that's like a PhD, PsyD, medical doctorate, um, or a master's in some type of psychology, counseling, uh, therapy-related master's degree as well. And then, you know, the the level of degree, you know, just kind of varies based on what people are wanting to practice. So um, some professionals with a doctorate degree might have more years of training or they might specialize in a certain area or they might focus on different therapeutic approaches. The other thing you want to look at is uh, after the degree, like Dr. Fran mentioned, is are they licensed to do therapy? So they would have the higher level degree that kind of says that they're a professional in this and then they would be licensed by their state. And there are various licenses that a person can get to be considered a therapist, but they would be licensed through their state's licensing board. Um, and different states have different requirements, but overall you're looking to have the completion of a degree, a certain amount of some kind of like clinical training or post degree supervised clinical experiences, and then passing the state recognized exam. And that is what it would take to really become a therapist, whether it's like, you know, a family therapist, a psychologist, you know, that's where based on what degree they have, the title will differ. But all of these people can kind of fit under that umbrella term of therapist. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I would say like a one way to try to figure out if someone has gone through some of these processes is to pay attention to like those initials after their name, right? So Dr. Sam and I, after our you know, full names would have like comma PhD. Um, That doesn't necessarily mean that we're licensed. So that is something that you would have to pay attention to. PhD implies that you have a doctorate, not necessarily that you have a license, but some other degrees, for example, like a licensed clinical social worker, if they have LCSW after their name, that's giving you the indication that they have the credentials, as long as they're not lying, like these other therapists that we've shown today, um, that they have the degree and have uh, met all the requirements for that license in that state. Exactly. And I think like when we'll get in a little bit next about like impersonating, oftentimes people may have degrees 
or, you know, depending on the validity of their degrees, but they will not be licensed. And so that is a really important factor to look into, um, you know, or to inquire about or to look at. A lot of times licensed professionals will have their license hanging in the office. So that's another way to kind of check and look out for that. Um, I do think this is a great place to bring in one of the points that Bob Stone or Dwayne The Rock Johnson's character says in the movie Central Intelligence. Um, he's asked how he got into such great shape. So let's listen to what he has to say really quick. God, man, look at you. You lost like 200 pounds. What did you do? I just did one thing. I need to know. I worked out six hours a day, every day, for the last 20 years straight. <laughs> so I think that that kind of applies sometimes. It feels like when you get your PhD to be a clinical psychologist, you know, if someone were to ask, what does it take to become a therapist? Well, you just need to study six hours a day, every day, for 20 plus years. <laughs> <laughs> Super easy. Yeah, anyone could do it. No, anyone cannot. <laughs> Another piece I kind of want to highlight is the difference between something being unethical and something being illegal. Oh, yeah. And it's interesting because if someone has not gotten a degree in one of these mental health professional fields, isn't um, licensed, they're not held to those ethical standards because they're not part of that organization. True. However, they may be held to legal standards. Mm-hmm. And that's actually kind of the purpose of these ethical standards and these licensing boards and all these procedures is to protect the client or the patient so that everyone's being held to a specific standard. There are things you should and should not do. And there are repercussions then if those things are engaged in, for example, slapping a patient during a session or being very inappropriate. A lot of the things that we talk about on the show are maybe more of ethical concerns that are then brought up by the licensing board in your state as opposed to a legal issue. Sometimes they might be both. Exactly. And you've heard Dr. Fran and I talk about before the American Psychological Association's like their ethic code. So sometimes when we talk about things that we see therapists do in the movies, like have a sexual relationship with their clients, you know, about how that goes against the ethics um, for being a licensed professional. And she's exactly right. If you're not actually a licensed professional, are you held to those same ethical standards? No, but you are held to legal standards and things that are against the law. So is impersonating a psychologist legal? It is not legal. (laughs) No. So as we discussed, you know, um, some of the specifics can definitely vary by state or region, but overall impersonating a psychologist or even really a therapist and saying that you are a special, that you have specialized training to give these services to people in need is a, is not legal. Um, we talked about there are some requirements for each type of mental health professional. So, you know, their level of education, becoming licensed, um, that people need to be able to identify as a professional in that field. So we gave one example already, Dr. Fran and I. Um, you know, if you have your PhD in clinical psychology, you have a PhD in clinical psychology. Until you have passed the licensing board exam and received, you know, a letter from whatever state you live in saying that you are now licensed to practice in that state, you cannot practice. And practice means meeting with patients and clients to, you know, help serve their needs. And a big piece of this we've talked about before in other sessions is informed consent, right? So if someone is, for example, a life coach, maybe they don't have a specific credential, they don't have a specific degree in that, they are pretty clear on that with their quote-unquote clients, that's very different than someone saying, I'm a therapist when they have no degree and then kind of being vague about the training that they have and maybe even alluding to the fact that they have degrees or training or being um, unclear about that. Yes. Unfortunately, there are examples of people being very, you know, purposely misleading about this. So buying degrees from unaccredited 
universities that say it's like a master's or a PhD level, but they never actually took any courses and it's not a recognized accredited university for that discipline um, and then not being licensed and calling themselves a psychologist or a therapist. So things like that unfortunately do happen. And unfortunately, there's also examples of people practicing just without license or trying to get away just by using different loopholes. So we have a couple of examples we'll just touch on briefly to kind of highlight like kind of historically where some of these situations have actually occurred kind of like in those clips we just saw. We don't know if they were like slapping and kissing and asking about sex, but they were practicing when they should not have been. Yeah. And I think some of these examples, what I wanted to highlight is just like how significant the um, sentencings were for them of like, this is a pretty serious offense. So um, one example of a woman in Virginia who purposely pretended to be a psychologist, she treated hundreds of patients and testified as a medical expert during a custody hearing, uh, during custody hearings in court. So this is like really impacting people's lives. Um, you know, in so many different ways, she was sentenced to 11 years in prison. So that's a pretty, you know, that's not a short amount of time. It's also not a insignificant impact that she was having on individuals. And also scary that she could present herself as an expert in the court, because I know that there are due processes involved in becoming an expert. So just, you know, showing that how it can be tough sometimes to spot these out if even a court of law wasn't able to. Um, And there was also another case in Massachusetts, an example of a woman. So she kind of similarly to what I discussed just previously had received a master's degree from a university in counseling. And then she received a doctorate degree from an unaccredited online university that later was found out that they were just giving like kind of the initials to people without any actual coursework, without like having any curriculum or anything like that. Um, And she started a practice, claimed to be a psychologist, saw a lot of patients as well in Massachusetts. When she was finally caught, you know, in Massachusetts, it is unlawful for someone who is not a licensed psychologist to present themselves as a psychologist and see patients. She was convicted on 13 counts of larceny by false pretenses, five counts of filing false healthcare claims. So two insurance companies was like collecting billing and money for the things that she was doing. And then one count of practicing psychology without a license. She was sentenced to six months imprisonment and five years of probation along with various fines. Yeah. And one more example I'll give just to kind of round out kind of the range that we might see. Um, Again, these are kind of like bigger cases, right? There's probably smaller instances of these, but these are some examples that stuck out to us. Um, There's another example in Illinois um, of someone who assumed the role of being a psychologist. Um, And interestingly, in Illinois, psychologists can write prescriptions for medication. So not only during this period did he see numerous uh, like therapy cases, but he also wrote over 71 drug prescriptions to 44 different people, even though he had no license to do so. Um, and one of his patients, like he had children as patients and, um, as young as nine years old. So just like really horrible impacts of people who have no training, no credentials to be providing these services. Um, and he was also, um, sentenced and and charged with those as well. But also my understanding is that in, in Illinois and a lot of States where psychologists can prescribe psychiatric medications, usually it's only for patients that are 18 and older. So also the fact that he was prescribing medication to a nine-year-old might be even doubly inappropriate. Well, we're not meaning to scare listeners. There are a lot of amazing mental health licensed mental health providers out there. It's just something to keep in mind and something that through the humor of some of these clips, we wanted to draw some attention to. You know, these things are not happening every day. It's not most therapists that are pretending. These are definitely kind of the 
outlier type situation, but we do want people to be aware. And also we want people like Dr. Fran mentioned that when you are looking for help, just being able to do some due diligence or have some information in your back pocket to make sure that you're getting the proper assistance that you're looking for. Um, And we know that some of these terms and degrees and kind of this process definitely is confusing for people who are not in this field. So we're not asking you to like, you know, read up or be well-versed in all of that. Um, Just kind of knowing that it is important to locate a licensed mental health provider. Um, You can always ask other healthcare providers such as your like primary care doctor or other doctors that you might see questions if you have um, about who to seek care from. If you're seeing a psychiatrist or psychologist, you can always ask them also for referrals for other types of practitioners and we'll provide some helpful resources on our website as well. Well, we hope you enjoyed our two clips that we rounded on today. If you know other clips, which I'm sure there's hundreds out there of people impersonating and pretending to be therapists, feel free to send them our way. Yes. And please do not pretend to be a licensed therapist if you are, in fact, not one. That is one of the major pH don'ts. (laughs) That is our main pH don't. Don't pretend to be a therapist if you are not. (laughs) Yes, please. If we were to cover the pH don'ts for this session, it would be the entire session. Um, But that's our mini session for today. Please join us in two weeks. We're super excited to be covering the movie 50-50. It's a good one with lots of pH don'ts coming your way. So definitely check that one out. (laughs) Oh, lots of pH (laughs) don'ts. As always, check us out on our social media at Freud Scripts Pod for our monthly scripters spotlight and leave us a review for a free sticker. And as always, check out our website for resources, glossary of new terms. We'd also love to hear any thoughts or questions that you have about psychology and today's topic or even other movies or shows that you want us to put on our couch next. We always love hearing from you all. And please subscribe, rate, and review. Time's up. See you next session. We'd like to thank our producer, Brandon, creative director, Eric, and webmaster, Don. This is not a safe place. This is not a safe place.